0: You are listening to Beltway Beef, official commentary from the National Cattlemen's Beef Association. My name is Ed Frank. I am NCBA's Senior Director of Policy Communications. And joining us this week is Ethan Lane. Ethan is the Executive Director of the Public Lands Council and the Senior Executive Director of NCBA Federal Lands, and I believe the award winner for the longest title in this organization as well. Ethan, thanks for joining us.
1: Happy uh, Easter Congressional Recess, Ed. I don't think I'm the longest title, but I'm sure in the running somewhere.
0: Yeah, we're up there. We'll, we have This is the recess, the congressional recess, so we will look into it um, over the next couple of weeks while Congress is out of town.
1: That sounds like a great use of time.
0: <laughs> um, well, we'll get around to that as soon as we finish executing our plan to generate comments on the proposal to delist the gray wolf from the Endangered Species Act. Um, Ethan, we talked about this a few weeks ago on the podcast, but for folks who may have missed that one, um, why don't you uh, tell people what is being proposed and, and why it's important for them to make their voices heard during this comment period.
1: Well, without retreading the whole story, I know a lot of folks already know kind of the basics of this. We've been working on this wolf delisting issue for years. This species rocketed past recovery goals in places like the Great Lakes more than a decade ago. Um, There are now close to 5,000 wolves in the Great Lakes region alone, well over 5,000 nationwide, and another 50,000 plus up in Canada. So this species is... Far beyond recovery is ready for a move from the from the endangered species list. And what we now have is this voluminous uh, uh, proposed rule from the Fish and Wildlife Service to delist the gray wolf nationwide. That comment period is open and uh, they are receiving comments now through May 14th. Uh, you know, a lot of times with these comment periods, we talk about volume. Uh, certainly, we've been talking about WOTUS for the last uh, couple months now and driving comments on on that issue. There's a similar dynamic shaping up here. In the first week or so of this comment period being open, we saw tens of thousands of activists comment on this on this proposed rule in opposition to delisting the wolf. So it becomes critically important that real stakeholders, real impacted stakeholders like ranchers who are experiencing predation, who are experiencing pressure, get their voices on the record now and make it clear that this is the right move. This is the scientifically appropriate move, and the time is past due.
0: Yeah, and we talked a little bit about this process last week with Scott Yeager, and you know, people are familiar with picking up the phone or writing a letter to their congressman on a specific bill, but maybe not as much on, um, you know, filing a comment with the administration. Um, Talk a little bit how that process works, because as you mentioned, it's not, it's not like a referendum. It's not like whichever side generates the most amount of comments is going to win the day it really comes down to the substance of of what uh, those comments say
1: that that's right and you know a lot of these environmental groups have sort of mastered the art of the context-free substance-free public comment right they blast things things out on their social media they send it to their giant email list what they get is a lot of form comments and folks, and, you know, writing in from a, uh, a studio apartment in New York City saying, gosh, I saw a documentary on wolves on TV and aren't they majestic and you should definitely leave them on the Endangered Species Act, act period. Um, so th- the agency tends to look at those comments kind of in bulk particularly if they follow the format that these groups have suggested for them. So if they just sign their name, that tends to be one big bulk comment. Uh, The agencies lend far more weight to real comments from real stakeholders. So every voice we get on the record that is authentic is is a vote in the right direction. And you're right, it's not a vote. But what it does do is create a record, and and it creates some context for the agency so they understand where the general public is. And if what they see from that is, well, gosh, people in suburbs who don't have to deal with wolves uh, but only see documentaries about them are really in favor of, of, of just, you know, full protections forever. But the folks who have to live with them have a different nuanced view. That really matters. It, it provides some support to what they're doing, and it gives them some guideposts as they move through this process.
0: Right. And as you said, this is a good news story. This is an actual success story. This is a species that has come back um, and fully recovered. And it's always interesting to see people who claim to be for such things scream and, and cry about, you know, it's like, no, listen, calm down. You're, this is actually a good thing. This is a, a move in the right direction. You, you have won. You have done what you said you wanted to accomplish, at least said what you wanted to accomplish.
1: Right. The proponents of the Endangered Species Act in its current form always forget about that recovery piece, uh, because for a lot of them, it is really about perpetual listing. Uh, that is the goal for them, is to put these species into that protected environment. Uh, like I always say on these things, like a roach motel, they check in, but they never check out. This is the way the Endangered Species Act is supposed to work. The species was listed in the 70s, it was recovered, the numbers are now rebounding. Even in states like Montana, where the where the species has been delisted and 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 hunting and things are occurring, what we're seeing is population growth continues. This species is stabilized, thriving, and in some areas far beyond thriving and, and to the point where we're seeing massive predations like in, in, uh, in some counties in Oregon and Washington. So we're, we're at a point where we need to return it to state management. We need to let the states uh, put plans in place where they don't already exist. Most places already have one uh, to manage these species at the ground level so that when you see an aggressive pack, when you see an aggressive animal, they can take the necessary action. Unfortunately, that has to occur sometimes, but also allow these this species to to continue to flourish and, and celebrate the fact that, hey, if we can complete the cycle here and move it off the list, then gosh, we were wrong. The ESA can actually work on occasion.
0: Right, okay, so just remind people again um, how they can file their comments. So uh, we are gonna
1: be putting up a a form comment that you can use to to put your comments in place. And like I always say in this, you don't need to be the world's biggest expert on this issue. You simply need to get your voice on the record. Hey, I'm a producer in wolf country. I deal with these wolves every day. My hands are tied from taking appropriate action to protect my family and and my livestock, and I need the state to have the power to work with me to manage this species, and you can do that at policy.ncba.org. Uh, all of the resources you need are there, uh, and and you know it doesn't have to be long. It can be brief. It can be to the point. Make sure you let them know you're a producer. Uh, make sure you know that this is something that impacts you or may impact you as the range of this of, of this species continues to expand. But get your voice on the record. It's critically important.
0: Right. And the deadline for that, again, is May 14th. So you have a little under a month to get those comments in. Um, Switching gears to another issue, uh, the the 2020 presidential race is starting to heat up. We've got, I think, about 72 candidates on the Democratic side vying in the primaries, Um, one of whom is uh, U.S. Senator Elizabeth Warren from, uh, from Massachusetts. And she actually published something this week. It is an actual Policy proposal, which may be a first for this presidential campaign so far. Um, she's been doing this. She's been putting them out on, uh, on a website called Medium. Um, and this week, she put out her plan for public lands. So uh, what's your what's your take on on her plan for public lands? It's actually relatively detailed was it about five printed print pages here. So I mean, this is some actual meaty stuff.
1: You know, I was kind of expecting the worst when I opened this up, um, and, and it's actually not as bad as I would have thought. I mean, the the, the, the senator from Massachusetts clearly is not an expert in western public lands management, uh, far from it. Uh, she, she hits a lot of kind of the talking points you would expect. She talks about full funding for the Land and Water Conservation Fund. Um, she spends quite a bit of time talking about the Antiquities Act and President Trump's action in the past few years to reduce the size of some of those uh, overly aggressive monuments that were created at the end of the Obama administration. Um, but she also hits in some areas that, that are unexpected. She she talks about ranching as part of the solution rather than part of the problem. Um, she talks about the need for more local input and to make those local stakeholders uh, uh, part of the process in a more substantive way. That's stuff that's right out of our playbook and, and, and a welcome thing to hear from somebody like Senator Warren. Now, you know, her version of local input and ours might be a little different, but you know, whenever we hear somebody like that echoing the need for local voices to be heard, man, that's progress that we'll take. Um, and we certainly appreciate uh, the, the fact that, that she was referring to us in, the, in terms of solutions rather than a problem. But she also goes to great lengths to talk about how on day one of her administration, she would shut down all drilling on public lands for oil and gas exploration. Now, we're not in the oil and gas business. Um, I don't get paid to, to lobby for oil and gas, but I will tell you that we lobby hard for the concept of multiple use. That's a really dangerous road to go down, uh, to advocate for sort of shutting down an entire industry just because it feels good to do it. Uh, It's a very short line between stopping oil and gas permitting and stopping grazing uh, uh, in that same environment. Once you sort of make the case that, gosh, we're going to shut down whatever we feel like shutting down uh, because my voter base thinks that's a good idea. Uh, it, It really does come back to that concept that multiple use means just that. It means room for recreation, it means room for energy exploration, and it means room for grazing. All in the same area, in an appropriate balance. Uh, so we have a little bit of work to do, obviously, with with Senator Warren. Um, like you said, there's 17 at least and, and growing on that list. I haven't checked my phone in the last 40 minutes. So who knows who else is announced in the meantime? I think Tanner was prepping his announcement paperwork here earlier today. Um, so, you know, it, we're going to see more of this come out. Um, but it, it, it definitely was uh, uh, sort of eye raising in that it wasn't a complete and total broadside. Um, so I guess I guess for lack of a better description, that's progress. Our message is getting through.
0: Yeah, and I just appreciated some of the substance in there. She had specific things. It was unlike the Green New Deal where they just basically say, okay, we want to do away with fossil fuels and fording cows in 10 years. And so no, with no, like, real specifics about how to do that. So, you know, we can engage on 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 legitimate policy proposals, and, and uh, you know, so we appreciate her for doing that and hopefully more – uh, more of the people that are running will, will do the same thing as opposed to just some, sort of the hollow platitudes that we've been seeing on the campaign trail so far. So, so we'll keep an eye out. Um, you can check her uh, proposal out on Medium. It's under Team Morin. Uh, and uh, we'll keep an eye on, on future proposals as they come out. But in the meantime, Ethan, thanks a lot for joining us again.
1: Thanks, Ed. And again, policy.ncba.org. Go comment on the wolf right now.
0: All right. Deadline is May 14th, but don't wait that long. You've been listening to Beltway Beef. Until next week, eat beef. File your comments on delisting the gray wolf at policy.ncba.org and follow us on Twitter at, at Beltway Beef. Thanks for listening.